0: It has a beginning, a middle, and an end. It's born of something less concrete than atoms and molecules, yet lives a life that mirrors our own. There's struggle, conflict, creation, and destruction, all happening in a way that we can't reach out and touch with our hands. Sometimes there are neatly packaged episodes, wrapped up, tied off with a bow, and delivered directly to our front door, Other times there are scrambled messes that leave us wondering what just happened and not knowing whether we should carry on or abandon the story. These are our lives and the music we listen to. I'm Christopher Jones, welcome to Just A Theory. Last time on Just a Theory, we took a look at some big questions surrounding something that a lot of us take for granted. Music is so ingrained in our daily lives that sometimes we don't even notice it and the effect it has on us. If you'll remember, music is just sound that's organized into time. This is a tradition that has a long history throughout humanity's existence as being a tool of expression, communication, and persuasion. In this episode, we'll examine some specific ways that sound is organized and how we talk about it. Because music so often describes something where words fail us, it seems counterintuitive that we can talk about music in any kind of specific way. After all, I've heard lots of people say something to the effect of, talking about music is like dancing about architecture if we look at music as purely an experience that's meant to evoke a reaction, then yes, talking about music can be superfluous. But don't we owe it to ourselves to understand a little better something that we have to actively and extensively try to avoid if we want to avoid it? To completely disconnect ourselves from music, we would have to get rid of TV, radio, internet, Restaurants, grocery stores, malls, well, you get the idea. And even if, that's a pretty big if here, if you're able to get yourself so far away from everything that there's absolutely no chance of any music reaching you. Do you remember that commercial jingle from when you were a kid? Now you do, and I'm truly sorry for this, but you'll probably be singing that for the rest of the day. To talk about music, we have to establish a set of special tools, some words and ideas that we may not encounter every day, or words that may mean something a little different than we're used to. This episode and the next, we'll take a look at some of the vocabulary that talking about music requires. So here's a warning about incoming jargon, but don't worry, it shouldn't be too bad. Just like matter is made up of distinct elements, each with their own unique properties, so is music. There are a lot fewer elements of music though, and no periodic table of musical elements. These elements are melody, harmony, rhythm and meter, timbre, and let's just say miscellaneous. I know, that last one doesn't sound very scientific, but we'll get there. Three of these, melody, harmony, and timbre, all fall in the category of space, where rhythm and meter fall into the category of time. All of these can be explained by thinking of a basic two-dimensional graph with an x-axis and a y-axis. The y-axis goes from bottom to top, while the x-axis goes from left to right. The y-axis represents space, and the x-axis represents time. I'd like to talk a little bit about what musical space is. 20th century composer Igor Stravinsky, known for his ballets such as Firebird, Petrushka and the riotously received Rite of Spring, gave a series of lectures at Harvard in 1939-1940. to At one point, he said that the range of audible sounds constitutes the physical basis of the art of music. He presented this statement as one of an obvious nature, but I always found myself disagreeing with that premise. First of all, what exactly is required for something to be audible? As you heard last time, the way we experience sound is that our ears translate a mechanical energy, in the form of vibrations, into a series of neurological impulses in the brain, which is then interpreted as sound. These vibrations occur in waves, and the waves can be measured in a few different ways. Right now, what we're concerned with is the measurement of frequency. Think about the last time you were at the beach. It's sunny, you're sitting on the sand, looking out over the water, nursing a Mai Tai. The waves that are coming in to shore are crashing into the sand at a fairly regular rate. You could say that they're coming in pretty frequently. So, why not time them? Maybe they average 20 waves per minute or so. These waves are essentially no different than sound waves. They have peaks, valleys, and are caused by energy passing through a medium. With sound waves, we can measure how frequently they crest. Somewhat appropriately, this is called, well, frequency. Only when we measure sound waves, we measure them in cycles per second, as opposed to the cycles per minute in the ocean metaphor. This measurement is made in Hertz. When Stravinsky talked about range, this is what he meant. Between 20 and about 20,000 Hertz is what humans can hear, give or take depending on your age. Seriously, everyone, Please wear earplugs at concerts." For how precise and scientific the measurement of frequency is, it's not too useful in talking about music. Unless you're interested in avant-garde French music of the 1960s and 70s. Seriously, look up Gerard Griset and Tristan Murail. These guys wrote some seriously crazy but amazing music. When talking about music, there is a more subjective and much, much more accessible way to talk about frequency. This is pitch. Pitch, notes, tones, whatever you want to call it, on our two-dimensional graph, this is the y-axis. Pitches can sound higher or lower in relation to each other, so the higher they sound, the higher on the graph they are, and vice versa. Just a note here, when I talk about pitch, I'm approaching it from a very Western-centric perspective, meaning the European and American approaches. Other cultures have very different conceptions of pitch. Think Indian classical music, or a Southeast Asian gamelan, or a West African a drumming ensemble. Our brains perceive pitch in a really interesting way, There's this spectrum of frequency that covers a range of roughly 19,980 hertz but our ears only hear 12 independent pitches. These 12 pitches have multiple iterations of themselves at different heights, but it's still only 12 pitches themselves. If that's confusing, think about a piano. When you look at a piano, there are white keys and black keys, 88 to be specific there's a specific pattern of white and black keys that repeats every 12 keys. They're named after the letters A through G, with a few things in between. This is where a brief understanding of frequency is useful. So we already established that the higher the frequency, the higher the note. But frequency isn't an evenly increasing and decreasing thing. It's actually logarithmic. Every time the frequency doubles, you end up at the same note, but higher. This unit of distance is called an octave. For example, the world loves the note A at a frequency of 440 Hz. On a piano, this is about in the middle. To find this note an octave lower, cut it in half to 220. If you keep going, you'll get 110, then 55, and then 27.5 which happens to be the lowest note on the piano. If we go higher than an A440, the next is A at 880, then 1760, and then 3520 hertz. That would be the highest A on a piano. Next time you're waiting in a hotel lobby or a classy bar that has a piano, plunk away a few notes to hear what they sound like. If you get funny looks, just tell them uh, that it's okay, some guy from the internet told you to do it. Okay, well that was a mouthful. If you're still with me, congratulations! Here's the payoff for sitting through a surprise physics lecture when you thought you were going to be just listening to some guy talking about music. A melody is when pitches sound one after the other going forward in time. It's often the most prominent thing you'll hear when you're listening to music. That jingle that's still stuck in your head from earlier? It's probably a melodic idea. A series of notes that's constructed in just the right way that it tells a story. One that's gratifying and has some nice plot twists and some interesting characters. A beginning, a middle, and an end. but instead of happening one after the other in time, like a melody, they happen at the same time. You can have any number of notes together at the same time and things can get pretty crazy. Later on, throughout the series, we'll talk a lot more about how harmony works and how it can manipulate us into feeling certain ways. Timbre is the quality of sound. No, not like good or bad. It's more of an undefinable characteristic but you can easily hear but have a really hard time explaining. Kind of like a color. Sure, we know what blue or teal or navy look like, but try describing them without relating them to each other. I'll admit to spending an embarrassingly long time while coming up with this episode, trying to think of how to describe colors without using wavelength. So how about this? Do a guitar and a piano have the ability to play some of the same notes? Well, yeah, they do. And actually, they're very similar in a lot of ways. Although college campuses probably have a lot more random guitar guys playing Wonderwall than random piano guys playing chopsticks. If any of my listeners out there like to carry around a piano in case the opportunity ever pops up, I admire your commitment. Is there a difference in the sound of a guitar and the sound of a piano? Absolutely there is, even if they're playing the same notes. There are a few factors at play here, but the most important is timbre. In every note, there are other notes that are hidden. Sounding at the same time, but so quiet they're almost inaudible. We hear them, but not as notes. It's more of a texture. The Greek philosopher and mathematician Pythagoras is often credited with first talking about the mathematics of overtones and how they relate to a fundamental note. Supposedly, he heard some blacksmiths working and noticed the pitch of the hammers as they pounded away at their work. After further investigation, Pythagoras discovered that the pitch created by each hammer was a direct result of its size and weight, and the way they sounded relative to each other was consistent based on the ratio of the weights. It's apocryphal at best, but it makes for an interesting story. When there's a vibration, other frequencies want to vibrate with it if it's close enough mathematically. This is the overtone series. If there's a note that sounds, it's also vibrating at integer ratios with the actual note. The actual note is called the fundamental pitch. I'll be brief about this, because ultimately it doesn't really matter right now. If the fundamental pitch is an A at the frequency of 110 Hz, Multiply that by two. There's also a vibration happening at 220 hertz. But wait, isn't that the same note, but an octave higher? Yes, it is. Naturally, they're going to sound good together. Take that initial frequency of 110 and multiply it by three. There's also a resonance at 330 hertz. It's not the same note, but they get along pretty well because the mathematical relationship is so simple. Same with 110 times four, so 440. Does that sound familiar? That's the A right in the middle of the piano's keyboard. 110 times five, there's a vibration of 550 Hertz happening too. I could keep going, but you probably don't want to hear that. Basically, the higher the overtones get, the quieter and less noticeable they are. But they're still there, and every source of sound has a unique profile that causes certain overtones to be stronger or weaker. If there's a sound wave that has no overtones, we know this as a sine wave. The next time you're at the gym, drop a 5 and then a 10-pound iron plate. Pay attention to the sound of each one. The 10-pound plate should be the same note as the 5, but sound lower. If you're asked to leave, tell them it's okay. Some guy on the internet told you an ancient Greek philosopher said that it was okay. Just kidding. Please don't actually do this. So I'm going to go all the way back now. All of this stuff I've thrown out there... It's not really important in how you, my listeners, engage with the music in your lives, but it gives you a solid foundation to really question what you're hearing. I personally don't know a lot about cars. A few years ago, something went bad, and every time I turned the key, there was a distinct click from underneath the hood, and then a distinct frustrated noise from me as it wouldn't start, and I realized that I was stranded. I took it to the mechanic and I found myself trying to imitate the noise. I imagine in retrospect that it was probably pretty funny. Here was this guy who clearly knows nothing about this vehicle that he uses every day and relies on to get from point A to point B and whose life and livelihood is inextricably tied to this thing and he has no idea how to talk about it. Now, at least, I know what a bad starter sounds like and how to describe it when it happens again. Concepts like melody and harmony and timbre help us describe what we're hearing and look at how it affects us. Knowing how to talk about these helps us describe the stories that music tells. Once we understand how to describe a melody, we can look at the rises and falls, and really hear the beginning, middle, and end to a musical statement. Once you can hear that, you can really get a sense of the way that even a simple musical idea mirrors us. We create music in our own images. Music has conflict and resolution, pain, joy, boredom, excitement It can be cold and distant, or it can be warm and inviting. It is us. I'm going to leave you with a simple musical idea, one that tells a story about an unlikely hero on an unexpected journey with an uncertain outcome. It's a story as old as humanity, but one that we all live. Will our hero make it to the end? Will they succumb to the perils on their climb? Will the forces of good prevail against evil? Does it even really matter? Because, after all, it is just a theory. I'm Christopher Jones. Thank you for listening.